Go to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be a try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window get their second. You're listening to Lee Carson, Newcastle Hunters Home Rugby League. Welcome to another episode of League Castle. Our show, of course, brought to you by our partner businesses. We couldn't do it without them. Junkyard Skips, Beaver Brewery, Shipley Meats at Rutherford, and Sharp DS Central Coast, all great partners who support us and support you getting your local rugby league content week in, week out during the season covering Newcastle, the Hunter Valley, and, of course, our content for the Central Coast as well. I'm Chris McPherson, your regular host. I will be joined shortly by my regulation co-host, Josh Spiegelman, to bring you the Junkyard Stats, the Junkyard Skips Stats Performers of the Week, sorry. And uh, we will be digging into the three games that took place and having a look at the best performers, including a record breaker who put up some absolutely phenomenal numbers also sit down with the illustrious headgear-wearing fullback, centre, winger, outside back specialist at Maitland. Uh, he's part of the fabric out there at Maitland. His old man is the heart and soul of the club. He is none other than Matt Sopalawler, and we look forward to catching up with him shortly. And finally, in a uh, very black-and-white-themed show, we also will catch up with the number seven, the captain from the West Wallsend Magpies, Blake Huddleston to chat uh, all things Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League C-grade as they head into a crucial run of games, including some midweek footy for their club in both the C-grade and also the C-grade Ladies League tag. Of course, make sure you do get onto our social media channels to keep up to date with everything and all that's going on in local footy, as well as all of our content and stats that Josh pours over your opportunity to tip the winners each week and... See if you can be one of the very few who can tip a perfect round in our five-game Denton Engineering Cup each weekend. It's uh, becoming more and more challenging as the season goes on. But those social media channels, Leadcastle AU on Instagram, Leadcastle AUS on Facebook, uh, jump on, give them a follow. We do have some prizes coming up at the end of the season if we can get to 1,000 followers on Instagram. Just over 900 at the moment and charging towards that four-figure barrier and looking forward to reaching it so we can look at giving away some prizes. So... Keep uh, sharing the page, sharing the content and getting other people behind it because we will be giving away some uh, great prizes later in the year. But uh, that's enough of an intro. That's enough of a spiel to get us started. Let's take a quick break and then come back with the Junkyard Skips Statsman Performers of the Week. Time to get the show underway with our usual first up segment straight up. Fresh out is our Statsman Guru with the round 14 wrap. It'll be a little bit briefer this weekend thanks to Junkyard Skips. Well, not briefer thanks to Junkyard Skips, but it is here thanks to Junkyard Skips. It's the Statsman Performers of the Week, and it's a little bit briefer thanks to uh, the miserable weather we've had outside Josh Spiegelman. It's uh, not much fun for footy nerds like yourself and I. Uh, we've only got three games to dig into. That's right, mate. Thanks, Chris. Good to be back. Uh, yeah, short and week this week, but um, yeah, I guess a bit, bit relaxing on the Sunday with no games. A bit sad as well, but still plenty to break down across the three games on Saturday. And as we talked off air, the, I guess time's running out for a few clubs to squeeze in these these postponed matches. Um, you want to give it a bit of a breakdown off the top? 
Yeah, well, as we talked about, I mean, it's a double-edged sword. The no, no games last Sunday, but it means probably more midweek games. And as it sits now through 14 rounds, we have Lakes with three games to catch up, Curry and West with two games to catch up, Macquarie and Central with two games to catch up, and South with one game to catch up. So quite a few. Um, if I do a quick um, mental arithmetic there, we've got three, seven... 11, 12, so there's six games to be caught up. Um, obviously, there is, or not that obvious, but there is a, um, a bye weekend in inverted commas. I'm, I'm doing I'm doing air quotes here. No one can see me. Uh, well done. But uh, there is a, a, a spare weekend, the 23rd of July, which a number of teams will utilise. But as I said, some of those teams, Lakes, now we've got essentially counting this weekend, we've got four weeks of football action until the end of the season. Um, and no one's going to want to play in that week leading to finals. So with the rain predicted this weekend, we are just talking off air, teams are going to be moving heaven and earth, uh, metaphorically, of course, to try and get these games on. I would suggest teams will look at, you know, potentially playing at other venues. Um, you know, if, for instance, let's just use Lakes and Macquarie as an example, both those teams with a number of catch-up games already. If Carl Over was out of action and Lyle Peacock was ready to go, would they likely move it there? I would suggest they'd try and come to some sort of arrangement to, to ensure that that happens. Um, but it's yeah, it's a real challenge. As I said, Lakes with a couple of midweek games already, and you know more, more to be scheduled after the weekend's effort. So it's going to be uh, footy, footy, and more footy. But um, yeah, it's going to be going to be tough. Uh, soft tissue injuries, niggles. It's going to really challenge the depth of a lot of these clubs that are already pushed to the precipice, mate. Yeah, hundred percent, mate. It's going to be a challenge for all involved. Um, positive side, maybe they can, you know, a few younger blokes who wouldn't have got a crack might have got a crack in those midweek games to show what they've got. Um, you yourself, mate, as a Lakes boy, maybe you'll get a ring back as well after your big second grade the other week. Oh, mate, I, I don't think so. Uh, I think there's a big difference between uh, Denton Engineering Cup and B-grade Cairns Rugby Union, but that's the other <laughs> other one to, to look at with Lakes. Lakes have actually got another game in reserve grade to catch up because they had that horrible injury um, when they played Curry the other week. So I think the reserve grade's still got to be caught up from that fixture as well. So they've actually got eight games in reserve grade to get through. Fortunately, there'll be um, some some buys and things there because you don't have the entrance and Wyong in that competition if we take a look. But that's that's another thing to, to take into consideration is, you know, how does that permutate for those teams? Because, yeah, that's certainly going to be um, a conundrum. And I'm glad I'm not the... You know, the ones trying to reschedule all these games. Some of the lower grades may just get, you know, called COVID draws as they did last year. Obviously not COVID draws, but, you know, catch-ups that'll just be just be pushed or put a line through, mate. So it's it's an interesting time for scheduling and rescheduling and all the, the moving pieces that go with it. Yeah, I reckon uh, that's right, mate. But, uh, you know, I reckon Bubba's still a pretty handy player. I reckon he might run on. I think Bobcat did that for South a few years ago, didn't he, and Reggie? So, he did. He lined, lined um, someone up in third grade, I think it was. And, yeah, I'll tell you what. If, if Bubba and Co and some of these blokes get out there, um, yeah, watch out for some of the sneaky old tactics. You know, maybe a little bit of a, a bit of a squirrel grip or, or something like that. Uh, he's, he's certainly uh, he's a seasoned campaigner. I tell you what, we talk about Curry Aaron Watts doesn't you know it looks like he's in reasonable enough nicky to handle himself. I reckon so. There's plenty of them around, yeah. mate. And and surprisingly, well, maybe not surprisingly, so all sort of you know back rowers, locks, and hookers sort of you know floating around the traps, running steering these teams. Yeah, yeah, definitely, mate. I reckon uh, most of those boys, most of those guys can um, can jump back in whenever they wanted to play a few minutes here and there. But uh, they definitely got the brains about them as well as the, uh, the the footy, the footy, I guess, knowledge and strength. And um, yeah, 
We'll see. Maybe we need to come up with some alternate solutions, you know, a cage match between a nominated person from each side or a tag team wrestling battle. Look, we'll take anything at the moment, anything at all. Uh, Bubba, versus, Bubba versus Aaron Watts for four, four reserve grade points are both the Curry, Curry Lakes catch-up games, maybe. <laughs> that, that'll, that'll, get, that'll get the punters back, won't it? Yeah, they'll draw a few spectators, mate. Change things up. That'd be good. Oh, dear. Anyway, moving on into the more serious stuff, mate. Let's have a look back at round 14. Uh, It is, well, 60% in the rear vision mirror, and uh, there was some absolutely phenomenal performances, some records, all sorts of things tumbling, mate. Uh, Let's have a look at the results that were there, and... Uh, it was a pretty pretty good sailing for the for the punters in the most part. Most of them striking at a bit over fifty percent out of the three games, mate. That's for sure. Yeah, I'd say so, mate. I reckon um, the the money on on Instagram was mostly with uh, well, I think fifty something percent with South. So that was a bit of a, a shock there. But South did have a few uh, late scratchings, which we'll get into later, and a couple of other um, you know uh, incidents there in the match they got to deal with moving forward. So it depends where you want to start for these three matches, mate. Let's dig into the stats and the numbers. Let's do it, mate. Let's start with the uh, the more predictable of the the two more predictable games in terms of the way the punters lent, and let's go with the entrance first. They bounce back. The two sides coming off their fifty to nil losses. They bounce back at home uh, in inverted commas that was moved up to Curry Sports Ground, thirty to eight. It was the entrance's home game, but the entrance uh, played like they were at home and ran out comfortable winners over Curry and just heaped a bit more misery on on what's been a really tough year for the Bulldogs. Yeah, definitely, mate. I, I did think Curry started this match pretty well, but uh, as the score suggests, they, they fell away in the second half. Um, a point of difference for me for the entrance with their second phase play and offloads during the match. I thought that was great. They had a, a pretty high team count in that respect. Um, but yeah, I thought it was one of those games for the entrance. It was, it was pretty pretty good team effort across the park, both you know eye test-wise and numbers-wise. So it was pretty hard to pick out a 3-2-1, not like one standout performer like we'll talk about in the Maitland game in a bit but um, yeah we can crack on with the numbers if you want maybe start with the honourables yeah mate we'll jump into the honourables in one second I did want to just give a quick mention it's been uh, plastered fairly heavily over social media but to young Ethan Strange the halfback uh, for the entrance who's uh, picked up a gig down at Canberra for next year which uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him in the uh, lime green of my Raiders next year mate so good to see the Newcastle or the Denton Engineering Cup still being such a good pathway through to the next tier for players Fantastic, mate. Absolutely. And maybe no coincidence that that contract was announced mere days after the uh, the graphic we put up for him after that big performance a few weeks ago. So, league parsley out there getting people contracts, guys. No, I'm just kidding. It's all obviously on the back of Ethan's um, great performances in his, in his young career so far. But congratulations. We will take a cut, Ethan, if you're offering, though. Not, not a problem at all to take management fees here to uh, plug your stats. But, uh, no, well done, mate. But let's jump into the honourable mentions for this one as the entrance ran out winners over Curry, 30 points to eight. Yeah, sweet, mate. Um, one of the entrance wingers for me, Ryan McDonald, I thought he was really good. He had a one try for a really great intercept, uh, really well-timed there. A separate line break, a try assist, no errors, 131 metres from 10 carries. And also want to plug probably Curry's best. We, we, we mentioned him most weeks in a losing side, but Ethan Fowles there, their fullback. 224 metres from 24 carries. Really good carries from the back there. Uh, kick returns, um, but mostly held in check in other stat aspects during the match. So both of those guys um, worth a mention, but just missed out on the point. Yeah, two, two strong performances for their sides there, but... Uh... It's going to take a little more to get into the points, mate, and um, it was some solid displays from the men in orange and black that picked up the points. 
yeah, a whitewash here for the entrance for point three two one. We'll just start with the one point here to um, entrances lock Ryan Doherty. A really big work rate in this game. Uh, not only did he have thirteen carries for one hundred and fourteen meters, um, but uh, forty five tackles, which topped the team, and, and more impressively, ninety eight percent. So one miss, forty five tackles with one miss was fantastic against you know a Curry a Curry side that hasn't been winning games, but they've got some pretty ferocious forwards there. Big Dan Melmoth leads the way there last week, and um, the Harvey brothers as well. So uh, really well t- uh, done there uh, for Brian. Um, thought it was one of his most uh, solid games this campaign. People are going to start thinking Daniel Melmoth's paying us for mentions because uh, I pre-recorded out Newcastle and Hunter Rugby League catch-up and he got a nice little wrap there with his former club, Westfall's end as well. But he, alongside Fowles, have been two of the really good stories for Curry this year uh, when, when Dan's not suspended, that is. But, uh, yeah, certainly been performing well, mate. And Ryan has done well, as you said, to take on that forward pack and rack up those sorts of numbers. But it was a man uh, with his hands on the ball a little bit more who uh, has uh, settled back into the team after a little break. Uh, for the entrance to pick up the two points. Yeah, definitely. This is um, entrance is half Will Pearsall here. Um, tough to not give him the three points. Pretty pretty close between the two and the three, but we'll go with two here. Uh, with one try, one try assist, further try contributions, two line break contributions, 11 metres of carry from only five runs, but obviously picked his moments really well there. Um, and he was really good on defence as well. He won 94% of his tackles, getting back to square at mark or back to 10. Uh, and he also forced an error, so definitely good enough for the two points here. And um, strong performance by Will, and, and they have a pretty good, um, you know, halves pairing now with Will and, and Ethan Strange for maybe the rest of the season. Yeah, they're certainly not lacking in terms of uh, halves that they have in their squad. Um, you know, they've moved Adam McInnes into the centres now, so it, it really shows you and Sione Tong are playing at fullback or natural halves. So they've got plenty of talent there on offer and... Uh, yeah, it'll be a shame for the Tigers to see Ethan Strange disappear next year down to the Raiders, but I'm sure they'll be happy to be part of that pathway. But his partner in the Haas, Will Pearsall, was outpointed, as you said, only just by a man who's taken the three points here in the back row. Yeah, Jacob Koenig here um, for the entrance. Uh, really good game for me. Uh, 94% defense with 30 tackles, one try assist, one line break assist, three tackle busts. 111 metres at 11.1 a carry, which was best amongst their forwards, which is key to note. And he also won 100% of his carries. So finding your front, quick play of the ball, you know, eight metres plus kind of statistics there. So um, just for me, one of the most solid all-round stat line um, from top to bottom uh, in, in the team. No real negatives in it at all. So for me, that gave him the three points. So well done, Jacob. It's a real all-round effort. It's, you know, it's like those uh, NBA players that sneak in, you know, the triple-double by getting to 10s in every category, isn't it? Like, that's the sort of stuff you, you can, you can build, build a, a winning performance on week in, week out, guys that can put up numbers in all the categories, mate. Yeah, definitely. That's what we look for. Um, no real negatives that we don't mention anyway, but no need to, to leave them out in the case of Jacob there. And he's um, yeah, stuffed the stat line or the stat sheet, as they say, in, in all the positive areas. Certainly has, mate. Uh, they obviously missed the shirtless wonder in Grant Nelson, though, uh, this week. So hopefully we'll see him back in, in no time. It was, it was a little bit dry, actually, in terms of the uh, the shirtless numbers. The uh, the female viewership on Newcastle Rugby League will be dropping off. I saw Harry O'Brien's creep meter was through the roof again, uh, racking up, uh, popping in the background with these little photo bombs, which we're loving seeing. But, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of shirts on this week. So um, anyone that was thinking about uh, having a perv or pouncing outside the showers, I think it was your term last week, uh, that wasn't the week for it in the, in the wet weather, mate. Yeah, yeah, mate. It's um, maybe, maybe the players have listened to our 
uh, barbs in the last week or two and um, found some extra kit after the game. Or maybe they're just scared of their head coaches getting them after the game. So. <laughs> Yeah, mate, no, oh, little, little concerning that uh, after we talked about that, that said head coach um, was announced that he'd be replaced next year. I don't, I don't know if you, <laughs> mate, you might talk about your stats having an influence. Did, did that line have some influence? Mate, uh, no comment on that. Uh, <laughs> congratulations to Matt Roach on that appointment at the scores, mate. He's going to do a great job out there. He's, he's real into the, the numbers and stats, and I know he has a good relationship with all the players and He's going to lead their club onwards and upwards. Uh, you know, on the on the groundwork that um Kitty has put in himself, um not just in the showers, <laughs> in, in other aspects as well. So he's done a really great job there, and I got to thank him for taking me on board at Macquarie a couple of seasons ago now. And um yeah, and no, I just uh, really good, really good two guys, and hope Kitty stays involved in some capacity. Yeah, have certainly been fortunate with the, uh, I guess, the coaching succession pathway they've had, firstly with Adam Betridge out there and then Kitty coming in and now Matt coming in. Really good people as well as good coaches with good football now. And, yeah, um, obviously we had Matt on the show, I was going to say a few weeks ago. It was a little bit more than that now, but um, his insights into the club are really good and, and he's a man who's very passionate not only about Macquarie and what he's doing there, but about rugby league in general and the continued growth and fosterment of it in, in the area. So a great appointment and... Uh, from what I understand, Kitty will still be involved around the traps, just taking a little bit more of a, a backseat for other commitments, mate. So great news for the Scorps heading forward into the future. Yeah, that's, that's right, mate. I've some positive signs out there at Macquarie. So um, good luck to the boy. Hopefully I can be involved for a few more seasons to come. Yeah, good, good, good to see you. Always looking out for number one, mate. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, but let's move on <laughs> to the other uh, game that most of our punters predicted. It was the Maitland Pickers returning to the winner's circle at Fortress Number 1 Sports Ground in Maitland. 28-16, they ran out winners against the Wyong Roos. Um, a, a Wyong Roos side that sorely missed Mitch Williams. And um, look, you know, I'll, I'll give it a quick mention now, but I'll talk about it a little bit more when I dig into the uh, Newcastle Rugby League. A shout-out to Brennan Quigg, who... Uh, might be best described as a middle-aged debutante for Wyong Roos on the weekend. So well done to him. Uh, he's plied his trade in the lower grades and at Dora Creek previously um, and certainly been an absolute toiler. So good to see him making the Denton Cup. But, mate, it was all things Maitland, as you would expect. Um, 28-16, five tries to three. As you would expect, as I was saying, with no Terence CUCU or Mitch Williams in, that's a, a massive golfing experience for, for that Wyong team to make up, even with the team they could put out on the paddock. Yeah, that's definitely right. You, you touched on both those players missing. Uh, but, you know, that those things considered, I thought Wyoming were pretty valiant considering who was out and considering where the game was as well, only losing by 12 there. Um, but ultimately, yeah, Maitland's class across the park there, only one position in particular was just too strong. And there were key moments in the match where star players stood up one right before half time that, I, I guess, broke Wyoming a little bit. And, yeah, two, two valuable points for Maitland in the um, minor premiership race. Mate, uh, let's start. Uh, any honourable mentions for this one before we get into the one, two, three as we will? Yeah, definitely. I, uh, one wine player we've touched on quite a bit. Um, I thought Luke Sharp was their most dangerous out there. You know, a bit more of a burden without Mitch Williams and Terence CSU out there, but um, had a try assist and a number of tackle busts from the back. Um, always looks dangerous when he gets the ball. Tried a few. Um, nice little plays that didn't come off for him today uh, during the game, but well done to him on another solid effort and uh, another honourable to Reid Ulchin, um, who missed the points made with two tries um, in a good effort, but um, yeah, I guess held in check in a few other categories and a couple of those tries were, you know, kick deflections and whatnot. So 
Um, just missed out, but you know, Reed Reed's been really impressive this year. I think you, you you're going to speak to our coming up guest um, Matt Sopalola about him as well, and um, yeah, really valuable addition to that side. Yeah, he certainly has been, and uh, certainly no stranger getting across the stripe, um, which is not too bad when you've got a uh, edge back row built like that who can you know cart the ball up, but also get find his way across the stripe as well. Uh, but, mate, it was uh, another one of their, their big units who managed to pick up the minor placing in terms of the points here, uh, a man who's a consistent performer for the Pickers. Yeah, a man who's a consistent performer and also loves his stats. Um, Jaden Butterfield here uh, scored a try, a four-tackle bust, 188 metres at 11.8 a carry, 194% of his tackle uh, a carry, sorry, defence 96% efficiency and winning 100% of his completed tackles. So really solid all-round effort. He, he wore the 12. He's worn the 12 two weeks in a row, which kind of throws me out a bit. You know, as I've seen him for about three, four years now, where the eight. Um, he moved in the middle, though, later in the game and um, racked up those big that big meterage. So well done to Jaden for a good effort, one point. Certainly some great numbers, as always, from him. And uh, it was their, uh, I guess, their maestro, mate. Um, he's... At, at the helm of everything that goes on at this club and no surprise with his experience, but he um, probably made more of a statistical impact this week than he does some other weeks. Sometimes it's the nuance and the little things that he does, the man in the seven for them. Yeah, definitely Brock Lamb, definitely um, registered in the stat sheet this week. Um, two line break assists, try assists, one try contribution, one line break of his own, three tackle busts and 12.3 metres of carry. So I think he really stepped up his running game in this match. Uh, you know, um, some really good carries there. Um, all his kicks were effective um, and 21 tackles, which was a highish count for him and at a good rate. So uh, well done to Brock for orchestrating, I guess, the win here, um, yeah, helping them out a lot from that seven all season. He certainly has. He's been a key part of it and um, the work from the tee will become more crucial as we get into the, the heavier, more important games on the run home, chasing that minor premiership and then obviously the major premiership from there, which they'll be right amongst once the whips are cracking. But the numbers that he put up were absolutely shadowed by this man. He is going to uh, join us on the pod. You talked about it just before, and it's pure coincidence more than uh, strategy that he joins us this week. A great, um, a great guy and a great performer so far this season for the Maitland Pickers. He's been absolutely putting up some phenomenal numbers, but he outdid even his own high standards this week. Yeah, mate, I feel like we need some sort of sound sound effect to drum roll to introduce this sort of stat line, mate, for the uh, three points for the Maitland Wyong game. It goes to friend of the podcast and guest of the podcast, Matt Sopalola in fullback. Uh, tremendous game here. Two tries, one of which I mentioned earlier kind of broke Wyong just before halftime off a beautiful kick return line break. Really good positioning. Wyong tried a little chip around halfway and Matt picked it up around the 40. That white headgear just took off 60-metre run, 60-some-metre run and shut the gate, uh, score right before half time, And we have a record broken this week um, in the stat department. 277 metres run by Matt, uh, helped along by two runs of about 60 and 50 metres. But, you know, you've got to, you know, be there to, uh, to um, you know, accomplish that sort of thing. And just incredible, mate. So, yeah, little asterisks against, obviously, I, I, I don't do all 10 teams. I've only been doing the stats for about five years, four and a half years. So, um, by any means, though, a tremendous effort, a record in my short book out of the long competition's history um, with that 277 metres run. Also had three line breaks, 11 tackle busts, two offloads, a line break assist and a line break contribution. So, 
I know he's loving his numbers, even if he's a modest guy, and he deserves to, mate, because, um, yeah, there's probably been the best statistically this season, uh, Matt, for, for Maitland and, and throughout the comp. Yeah, he'll, he'll certainly downplay it undoubtedly when we catch up shortly. But, uh, yeah, an absolute gun performer. And he's going to give uh, our, our mate Mr. Lantry a little bit of a headache, I think, when, when Dan Langbridge is fully fit uh, as to what he does. And, I mean, it's a good headache to have, isn't it, as to how you rejig that back line. Definitely is, mate. They have some strike weapons across that back line. If you put Dan back at fullback and Matt out in the centre, you've got Gary Anderson in the other centre. Um you get the ball to any of those three guys and anything's possible. Um, and the wingers they've got will burn you for speed if, if the centre gives them a nice ball with Perry and James, Jimmy Bradley, if they're healthy. So, um, yeah, looking dangerous out there in Maitland if, if Dan can come back fully fit. But, yeah, let's see what, what Matt Lantry does and the coaching staff. I'm sure he's thinking about it already. Not sure how far Dan's away, maybe another couple of weeks. But, um, yeah, scary stuff. Certainly is. Um, and on that Matt Soper Law runaway try, I saw something... Uh, very good from um, Smart Artist who partnered with us last year to bring us our player awards. Uh, the um, He put together all his still shots of one of those runaway tries from head on of Matt uh, Sopalola and sort of put them into, you know, like a flick book video, which looks really cool. Well worth going and checking out his Facebook page and giving him a like. He puts plenty of good footy content up there, as, as you and I both know, mate. And uh, we're lucky to have him on board last year and, and well worth checking out. I don't know if you've seen it, but have a look. Yeah, I saw it, mate, as well. It's um, brilliant. Yeah, well worth the, the view there. It's um, like you're at the game and you can't share bar TV's footage, but you can uh, get around that one and um, yeah, enjoy the runaway try, which uh, really was, uh, I guess, a pivotal moment in the match. It certainly was, mate. Well, let's let's bring it home with the final game of the round. And this one had our, our expert tipsters absolutely split down, almost straight down the middle, but I think it was about 55-45 or 53-47, somewhere in that range. But after South, as you said, uh, a little bit of a reshuffle, a few changes late. Um, they just couldn't match it with Cessnock, who were firing on absolutely all cylinders. But there was no love lost in this game either. Um, both sides uh, with some players uh, with some potential midweek appointments with the league. Yeah, definitely, mate. This was a, a real fiery match and a real close match in the first half too, despite what the end scoreline suggests. So I'll just give a little bit of a a run, run down on the game, uh, just a talking point off the top. Cessnock's forwards, for me, won that battle um, in the middle during the match, I thought. Um, the two big boys there, Apthorpe and Barber, were pretty good. Um, well, uh, well, they're part of the honourable mentions we'll get to in a minute. But, um, yeah, just you touched on those reshuffles pre-game. Uh, Ryan Glanville, who's been south out now, best for me this year, um, missed the game. Not sure what we I think he was concussed a week before, right? So... That was a big loss before they kicked off. They also missed Harry Van Dardle from fullback. Um, Reed Howes had a good season when he's filled in there as well. But obviously, you lose something when you lose Harry from the back. Um, and during the game as well, they actually lost both both their hookers. Um, yes, I know there's only one hooker that starts, but Mitch Black started, got injured. Then um, Kuru, the really young, um, a snip, a snappy hooker that uh, comes off the bench sometimes, provides that impact. He also got injured, so they lost both of those. Um, but full credit to the Cessnock pack. Um, so yeah, I guess another thing to touch on. You touched on actually the the um, bit of a fiery match with some some on report and um, potential suspensions out of this. Uh, Big Simo and Lewis Hamilton both on report for South. Obviously both key performers um, for, for the club during the season. And Lewis Hamilton picked up a rib injury too. So a um, couple question marks coming out of this match for South. They 
they don't want this sort of stuff happening at this time of the season and want to watch out for, I guess. But, um, yeah, fingers crossed everyone will be okay and they'll get a full team back on the paddock soon. Yeah. My, my understanding as well, maybe Sione Nahi on report as well, if I'm not mistaken, mate, because um, I did get a, a little little message from someone who was watching the footage back just asking me who the 19 was, and uh, I believe Sione's the, the big bopper in the 19 usually for them, so... He um, yep. also also might find himself under a little bit of scrutiny, I believe. So uh, a busy week for the judiciary, considering only three games. Yeah, it is, mate, as well. I think Jaden Young might have been put on report too. I can't recall. Lots of stuff going around my head at the moment. But I know he was involved in a couple of penalties. But I guess that's Jaden's nature. He's a, he's a fiery bloke, and that's why I not love him as well. So, um, yeah, lots, lots to come out, come out of this match. He certainly similar to his brother, likes to play close to that line and normally keeps it on the right side, but occasionally strays over as you tend to do when you play right on the line. And yeah, we um, we, we wish uh, referee Joey Butler all the best because his uh, forearms must be worn out from making that X to the camera from the amount of blokes he had to put on report by the sound of it. Yeah, definitely, mate. And it doesn't help me doing the stats either. Every little extra thing like that, I've got to make a note to both teams, you know, like um, penalty, whereabouts it is um, on report or whatnot. So it all adds to... To my workload, so boys, if you're listening, just behave yourself. Yeah, I was going to say, we'll, we'll drop a few notes to a few of those boys, uh, especially the, the, the uh, ones that are quite engaged like Sione and just asking to behave a little bit better, just purely, not for any other reason, but just because it's, it's making Josh's work a little bit harder. So um, there That's we go, cool. mate. Yep. <laughs> mate, uh, before we get into it, I know he features amongst your um, performers of the week in terms of points and stats, but um, a shout-out. We um, did share some posts around about some milestones, but uh, uh, big Josh Charles out in the centre for Cessnock racked up his 100th game um, for uh, in first grade, which is great to see. Um, he's been a good servant at Cessnock and previously at Lakes, and uh, great to see him. We did see Cameron Anderson. He's in line for his 100th game, which should come this weekend now after their game was washed out, but just great to see these guys racking up those numbers. So a quick mention to him, but I'll hand it straight to you, mate, to run into your honourable mentions. Yeah, definitely, mate. I think um, Reid Hugo's 100th game for Cessnock this weekend coming up too, so a couple of milestones um, around the club. But, uh, yeah, honourable uh, mentions here to Sam Apthorpe uh, and Corey Barbara, as I touched on before, uh, really set the platform for Cessnock. 173 and 166 metres apiece, both 100% in defence with no errors or penalties, so really well done by the big number 8 and 10 there for Cessnock. Um, then we'll just uh, transition into the one point here. Uh, Sam Clune for me. Uh, one try, one try assist, three forced dropouts, two tackle busts, 23 tackles, which is actually equal highest in the team and, and, and at 96%. So they didn't um, have to tackle too much in this game, Cessnock, but um, well done by Sam. Number six for Cessnock getting a point here and um, making a little move up the ladder. He certainly is. He's uh, coming home with a wet sail and those at the top of the leaderboard will need to watch their backs as Sam Clune and Cessnock find some form. But, mate, he was outpointed by that man I alluded to before. He picked up a double. What other sort of numbers did big Josh Charles post out on that edge? Yeah, really well done by Josh here in his 100th first-grade game. Two tries, 134 metres, which topped the back. Uh, none of these metres came off a big breakaway, a breakaway run either. So the 11.2 a carry were all dominant carries, um, you know, in that sort of 8 to, you know, 12, 13, 14 metre mark. Um, and he had a team-high seven tackle bust, so... Um, really hard to handle here, always getting over the advantage line. And um, you could tell he was fired up for his big game and um, well-deserving of the two points. Certainly is. He's um, he's missed a few games this year, but he's uh, a big addition when he is in the side. 
But it was the man who uh, manages not only to play but carry the clipboard as well who picked up the three points. He's been there and thereabouts for a number of weeks, but finally he's stepped up and, and taken the top spot on the podium. That's it, mate. Um, yeah, captain, coach, and the Polish international, um, Harry Syker there with a try, two try assists, two try contributions, one forced dropout, three tackle busts, and an offload, and just orchestrated the team really well. Um, big kick meters, uh, pinned south on there, you know, one to nine meter line in that in that ten meter zone, and Harry just had a yeah, just a, a monumental game and, and really set the you know, capitalise on that platform, I think, set by Sam and Corey, which I feel kind of dirty not being able to give them a point. But sometimes big prop forwards, even with those metre inches, it's hard to get in a stat man's points, but uh, definitely worth a mention for those boys. So maybe maybe Harry will give them a couple of those three points. Yeah, I'm sure he'll share the points around, mate. We know he's happy to share things around where he can. We saw him share the field goal duties with a winger, so he'll share, share points with props undoubtedly. Uh, but, mate, that, uh, that wraps us up for this week. Now, we do... Uh, have a bit of a point. I, I mentioned this in the close last week. We're going to have a run through the leaderboard and we're going to go through and we're going to run through the top 15 players on the leaderboard. After this week, we're no longer going to run through the leaderboard until we get to the close of round 18. Then we'll announce not only our winner, but some other pieces that we've got to go with that. Um, we've taken some inspiration from some other sports and some other concepts that are out there. So if you can work out what that is, good luck to you. But um, we're going to run through in reverse order, mate, uh, the top 15. And um, then we're going to, again, remembering that some of these players have got seven or eight games left and some have only got four games left. So there's a, there's a real disparity here in terms of some of the players who might be able to come home with a wet sail. But then it's going behind curtains. We're going to hopefully build the anticipation. If you want to take notes now, then, then go for it. You want to replay, write down what points they're on and, and track it. We'll still do the three, two, and one each week. So if you want to go to that much effort, then, you know, you might be able to apply to be Josh's apprentice next year if, if you go into those sorts of detail. Um, and, and you might need one with the demand for your services, mate. Yeah, I'd say so. I'm maybe looking at a couple of Fox Sports boys for some help, but no, no, I can handle it all by myself at the moment, mate, especially with the patient partner. But, uh, yeah, you want to? What, what points are we going down to, mate? I'm happy to do so, a bit more. So, yeah, so, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, we're going to run through... Well, let, let's, let's, let's make it the top 20, and, and there's a bunch of people that are sitting in equal 16th, so... I might um, I might go through the, uh, the the guys that are sitting in this bunch. Then we'll just sort of uh, transition across and alternate a little bit, um, and then you, you can uh, reel out the top two to finish us off, mate. Because there's, there's a couple of them that are starting to get away from the pack a little one one more than the others. But so in equal sixteenth place, we've got a bunch of players. We've got uh, Fletcher Kennedy from Central. We've got Baden Searle and Luke Higgins from Macquarie on six points. Harry O'Brien, the pest of the Newcastle Rugby League videos, alongside Hanetti Tua and Wyatt Shaw from Cessnock on six. We've got Reeve Howard from Souths on six and Jaden Lockery from Wests on six. So an absolute bunch there, and they're all well within striking distance still, mate. But let's move on up and move into equal 12th place where we've got four players. That's right, mate. And um, Jimmy Bradley's here for Maitland on seven points. Still there. He, he was unlucky not to get a point a uh, couple uh, last couple of weeks since he's come back. So you watch out for him with a few games left and notch a few more points based on his, his efforts. Um, Ethan Fowles and Curry at seven points has been probably their best and the points reflect that here uh, for Curry this season. Matt Moon from the Scorps, who just has absolutely ripper games at seven points. I think, I think he's had two three-point performances. So another one of those will skyrocket him up. Um, Sam Clune from Cessnock on seven points. 
uh, getting that point this week, and and he's have he's had a lot of his points in the last few weeks. So he's coming home with a wet sail. So those are the four boys on seven points. He certainly is, and if um, if there's, there's an award for the most points from a jersey number, I think Matt Moon's hands down to winning the jersey 14. Uh, but we will move on to the equal ninth place, and it's a trio of players here. We've got the uh, the Wombatters, I think Mick Campton's calling him, Reid Alchin from Maitland. We've got Peter Godinay, the super sub from Cessnock, and the young gun from Lakes, Ryan Potts, all on eight points, sitting in equal ninth, well within touching distance, certainly, of the podium, but even within touching distance of our leader at the moment. But the man that sits on his own, interestingly enough, the only, the only man outside of our top two who manages to hold a number to himself in eighth place. Yeah, Will Pearsall here for the entrance, picking up those two points from their big win on the weekend. Uh, Lee Frogs above some of the other pack, uh, sitting there by himself on nine points. And um, yeah, he could make a run as well, the way he's playing really well done. And then it's it's very crowded on the lowest spot on the podium. We have five players holding equal third place and all chasing down our top two. We've got the two boys from Central, Kaya Cooper, and the man who will bring up his 100th game this weekend, Cameron Spider-Anderson, uh, alongside the two Wong boys, the, the, uh, the veterans, if you will, Luke Sharp and Mitch Williams. Both of them have missed a couple of games and are still well and truly up there in the polling. And, of course, the man with the fastest name in Newcastle Rugby League, Lewis Hamilton from Souths, also on 10 points. So all five of them in equal third and sitting within striking distance of our top two, mate. And uh, I'd give you a bit of a drum roll sound effect if I had one, but we've been um, cutting costs on the sound budget. So you just have to make do with what you can come up with and uh, lead us into the top two, mate. Fire away with both of them. Yeah, the budget of $0 has been cut to $0. So we're making a... 100%, 100% reduction. <laughs> That's it, mate. Um, no, so you touched on Lewis Hamilton there for South on 10 points and his teammate here, Ryan Glanville, uh, on 11 points as well in second place there for South. And both these boys have injury concerns now, so something to look out for to see if they can get back on the paddock because if they do, I think they'll make a pretty good run the way they've lined up together and combined some really good games this year. Um, but our leader, and he's taken a bit of a, a, a gap here, I guess, a bit of a lead, a five-point lead now at 16 points. And that's Matt Sopalula from Maitland. Tremendous season so far. It is worth noting that Maitland have played more games than most other teams on this list. So, you know, there are, there's, it's not by any means over. Um, still very exciting. And uh, anyone can win, this, can win this competition, I think, based on the names we've just read out and maybe even a couple of boys on five points. So, um, yeah, with some teams, I mean, Lakes have, what, seven games left with all the washouts if they can play them. So, who knows, mate? Very open comp still. Yeah, certainly the likes of Ryan Potts, you know, a couple of good performances and all of a sudden three points puts him into second. So with the amount of games he's got in hand um, and obviously a few of those Scorps boys like uh, Higgins, Searle, Moon, it's um, it, it's a really open one. Don't let the five-point lead that uh, Matt has deceive you. He's certainly a clubhouse leader as we go behind curtains, but it is anyone's to take out the Junkyard Skips stats man, performer of the year. And of course, mate, uh, just a reminder for those listening, Thank you to the guys at Junkyard Skips. What is the prize that all of our illustrious Denton Engineering Cup alumni are playing for? Yeah, mate. Thanks to Junkyard Skips. So it's $150 in cold, hard cash and $150 towards the charity of their choice. Uh, so really, really um, big thanks to Junkyard Skips for giving some sort of prize money at the end of the season towards this, this competition that a lot of hours goes into the stats for the clubs and it's great to add on something like this to it. So, um, yeah, it's great, great stuff. Yeah, it's nice to have something to be able to not only give back to the players for their strong performances, but 
to give them an opportunity to give back to the community because it is as much as it is a semi-professional competition it is about the community and the clubs they represent and the communities that those clubs are part of but a big thank you again to you mate i know we said we'd try and get this done quickly but as always we've waffled on for far too long but that's what we do because we love our footy and uh we'll be undoubtedly gorging ourselves full weather permitting of a plethora of football action this weekend definitely mate yeah i really hope we can get a full round in and you know, the, we can see some quality footy from the boys. Um, you know, if there's no footy there, I guess all the viewers can come watch me play touch footy at, at my job in Sydney, mate. I, you know, you'd be happy to know that um, a couple of tries just for the stat man the last two weeks has taught myself up. I promise my mate I would. So. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it, mate. Ne- next, next step is uh, creeping in the back of videos like Harry O'Brien and the step after that is the Grant Nelson um, <laughs> slash Cameron Anderson, Kane Anderson shirt off, shirt off antics. Definitely, mate. And the step after that, you might see uh, Josh Beagleman feature in the top couple on the uh, Statman Player of the Year. So. Just give yourself some <laughs> points. Why not? Why not? As I said to someone who was uh, questioning one of the uh, accomplishments that a club was cha- uh, claiming um, that you shared on our Instagram <laughs> recently, uh, mate, I'm still clinging to my D-grade touch football um, title as, as a premiership, so you can call whatever you like a premiership. If you've won a grand final, it's a premiership. I don't care what sort of grand final it is. That's right, mate, 100%. Yeah, we're all about it here. And, um, no, nah, it's just all fun and games, mate. But, yeah, and no, I really hope we get a full weekend of footy, mate. And, um, yeah, uh, you're, 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 you're going to be calling this at this Cessnock Maitland game. So everyone listen out for that. Chris is probably one of the best callers out there, even though, not your main gig, and um, yeah, let's hope we get it. Hope you get an action, some action there. Fingers crossed, mate. And I will, uh, I'll send you that money for saying that later on. I appreciate you coming on again, and uh, look forward <laughs> to chatting footy with you throughout the week as we do in our in our messages, but also uh, officially on the show again next week. Sweet, mate. Appreciate. It. Should we mention Dan Melmoth again? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a wrap. <laughs> All right, let's dig further into the Denton Engineering Cup. A big thanks to Josh and our sponsor, Junkyard Skips, for covering off our Stats Man Performers of the Week. And we're fortunate enough to be joined by one of our star performers from the week and a guy who's put together a pretty handy season in a couple of different spots of the back line for the Maitland Pickers. Uh, he is none other than Matt Sobel. And Matt, welcome to League Castle. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be on. No worries, mate. Uh, we uh, wax lyrically. Um, I think Josh has got a bit of a man crush on you. And, uh, yeah, you certainly get plenty of raps on the show, mate. So it's nice to have you on in person so you can uh, either be humble, talk yourself up, or, you know, tell us about, you know, all those blokes that are uh, contributing to you getting those great stats that you've been putting up this year. Uh, you can't go past those 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 brothers and halves, can you? And Chatty and Lammy. But, yeah, no, it's been a, it's been a good run. And uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad Josh loves me. That makes one person in the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, there's plenty of plenty of Maitland fans that are, that are loving what you're doing at the moment, um, especially after the weekend, and, and we'll get into that in a sec. But, mate, you've been on a little bit of a journey for a young bloke. You've been around the traps, but what is it that's brought you home and why is it that Maitland's so close to your heart? Um, yeah, you know, I obviously got out, of, got out of here pretty early in my career. You know, I played 20s and then, and then shot straight off to, to Queensland for three years and... Um, yeah, you know, that, that sort of ended and the opportunity came back to, to train with the Knights and, and you know, um, I, I really wanted to take that opportunity again and and obviously in the two years that I've come back have been cut cut short with COVID and, you know, this year this year sort of changed a little bit where 
Uh, we welcomed a little baby into the world. So, uh, you know, your priorities change and, and things things uh, become a little bit more important. So I had to had to put that on the back burner. And, and yeah, you know, I think with um, obviously dad's commitment to Maitland and, you know, I've, my grandfather played for Maitland. Obviously, Dad played for Maitland, so it was a it was a pretty easy choice to come back home and, and you know play with some some guys I grew up with and, and some good mates that I've found here since uh, since they've come to the club. Mate, I think to say your dad's commitment's probably an understatement. He's uh, practically part of the furniture <laughs> down there at Maitland Sports Ground, and uh, everything that's happened there in, in the recent years is probably tied to or underpinned by something, although that either he or someone very close to him's done. I think, and probably hard for you to do, but certainly something that I think. The broader rugby league community, those fans out there might not know the amount of time, effort and hours, and you would have probably seen it growing up and in recent years, the amount of time that he's invested in that club and it's um yeah, he it's as much Maitland Pickers as, as he is. Yeah, you know, and um and you know, that that's one thing I have actually, uh, I have really seen over the last few years and you know, I don't know how many people remember. I know the players will remember playing the up sports ground and trekking half a K out onto the field to, to get a game before you've you know, you've, you've even blown the whistle. So um, he was a big part of, of getting the new sports ground and, you know, the, the relationships he's built with Club Maitland City and, um, you know, he's a big part of even, you know, the, the gear we wear. You know, we're lucky enough to wear ISC, who's obviously a, which is obviously a well, well-known well and respected brand. So, yeah, you know, he's, he's worked really hard in, in what he does and, you know, I'm sort of proud to see, you know, him sort of relishing you know, the good times we're having now because it, it wasn't always good times, you know. Like, when I when I came through, made my debut in 2015, it was a, it was pretty rough going for a while there. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's enjoyable to sit back and, and watch him enjoy enjoy what he's um, not not created but that helped, helped come to light. Yeah, certainly. Uh, we touched on it last week. We had Jade Porter on the show who you, you'd know, know Jade reasonably well and know of his time at Maitland prior to you coming through, mate, and he talked very much about that old Maitland sports ground and the vicious plovers on the far side that used to nest in the light poles and all those other fun bits that went with it. It's a far cry from that now, the uh, immaculate surface that hosts, you know, A-League and NRL trials and things, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, 100%, you know, and we've, um, yeah, we, we used to do pre-season and, and a bloke called Honey, who a few blokes would shiver just hearing that name, he'd... Uh, He'd make us run the hills and run around the trees, and um, yeah, you'd have to obviously dodge the dodge the plovers and the potholes on the way back down. But you know, we um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's a pleasure to play there, and I think I think other clubs get a kick out of coming to the new sports ground more so than the old one. That they certainly do, mate. It's good to see yourselves up there with you know um, Cessnock and some of these others that have really taken a leap forward in terms of the grounds that we have now available to us in the Newcastle Rugby League, but. Mate, let's, let's have a bit of a chat about Maitland and the season so far. And we'll start, I guess, having a chat about the lower grades, mate. And um, in some of those years, and we talked about Jade before, Maitland have had, you know, they'd be quite competitive in the top grade, but it might not be the lower grades or vice versa. This is the first time, certainly in my memory around the competition, where Maitland's been just such a force across all three senior grades. Yeah. Actually, um, sorry, mate, I should, I should say all four senior grades because the girls won't be happy if we miss them. Yeah, don't miss the girls, mate. I, I don't want to hear about that uh, training on, on Tuesday or Thursday that I didn't mention them. Um, yeah, you know, I think, and, and that's a big part of what Matty uh, has created. He, he he doesn't talk about individual premierships. He talks about club championships and, and how important that is. So, um, you know, we drive the same standards from, like, obviously, league tag, 90s all the way through. So, 
Um, I think when you've got the same, those same standards and, and you know, that, that culture builds and, and you really develop something strong, you know, within a, within a whole club instead of just individual teams. So to, to see all of our, our young guys coming through, like, I think a few 19s might have debuted this year and, and, you know, we're developing a lot of Reggies and, you know, our Reggies is led by guys like Ben Island and, and Cody Clulo and, and Harry Whitfield and, you know, they're just fantastic players coming through and, and they're always willing to, to put their hand up for, for all social social functions, which is a which is a big thing and, and I think that that's what makes the club great. Yeah, it certainly is, mate. And, you know, from anyone who's been involved in a club where that attitude's come in and, as you said, it comes down from the top of the, the one club versus the first grade being the focus, it, it makes a huge difference to, uh, I guess, the value and, and involvement that even those guys who are, you know, maybe the, you know, at, at full strength, the 20th or 21st man for reserve grade, but they keep turning up for training and all those things because they feel like they belong and everyone's pushing towards one goal, I think. Yeah, and um, and and that's the big thing as well. Is Maddie's Maddie's not afraid to give anyone a debut if they're playing well and and they're committed. You know, I think Lukey Fowler made his debut uh, on the weekend, and, and he was playing Abergrass and D grade a few years ago. Like, uh, I think it's a big thing where you you come to a club like like Maitland and the obviously the reputation it has now for what it had. The guys to come through and and debut like it's a it's a big thing now. So. Um, so yeah, you know that's 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 just what's making the club really really great is that you know everyone everyone's a chance to play. You know, there's no one that that's just going to sit in Reggie's for the year. If you're playing good footy, you know you're going to get your jersey and you're going to get your opportunity. Yeah, no, it's good to hear, mate, and it's good to see. You know, as the tide turns, you talked about obviously uh, 2015, which seems like a long time ago for many of us, but you know there, there was some tough times there at Maitland, and it's a great thing about. Newcastle competition is it does go around in, in sort of cycles and obviously Maitland's time in the sun is at the moment in terms of performances so far but mate I, I want to talk about probably not a negative but something that probably has been addressed in terms of recent form for you guys if we go back a few weeks that run of away form mate um, certainly Maitland Sports ground a bit of a fortress but a bit of a rough patch losing a game to Macquarie you had that draw at home but then a tight one against West away and then losing to the entrance was it was there any stage there where there was you know a level of concern that was higher than you thought it was going to be, or was it just a matter of knowing that you had to get back to you know your basics, if you will, and, and Matt was sort of fairly composed in, in how he approached getting everyone back to the point you're now at and getting wins back on the board. Yeah, I think um, you know we just did that 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 mid season lull, um, and, and and those games, you know, there's no excuses, there's no sitting sitting there saying you know referee he's made it hard for us, like it's just. We were out in twos and we were outplayed. Like um, Macquarie came with a game plan to rattle the cage, and you know they did, and, and they got the points against us. Um, entrance, entrance came with a similar game plan, was just to, to complete and play well, and you know they they did. You know there's no excuses there. They just they just beat us to the punch, and I think Matty just addressed some things. He just said, "Look, you know we're we're not far off, but you know you need a fix." more the attitude things and, and you know we I think we've done that in the last couple of weeks where uh, we've we've had to we've had to grind our way to win. You know, we're not winning forty to six like everyone's used to, but uh, we're sort of driving teams into the ground and, you know, we're we're still we're still a long way off but you know, our our big goal is just to, to keep building into these last four weeks. We're we're lucky enough where we have to play against um, three top five teams, you know, so if we're uh, if we're serious, you know, the next four weeks will will really test us. 
That they certainly will, mate. And we'll get into this weekend's fixture shortly. But um, obviously, results on the weekend, probably the fact that Cessnock did knock over South was uh, a little bit kind, gave you a little bit more of a buffer there uh, atop the ladder. And, and really, as you said, with the fact that you play both Cessnock and South on the way home, your destiny's really in your own hands. Is is that the first sort of goal to make sure that you wrap up that minor premiership and have that opportunity to have that week off and get everyone rested up after what's been a fairly hectic season on heavy tracks for most of the year? Yeah, I think um, like I'm obviously not sure about other clubs, but there's obviously a lot of boys. I won't say I won't say who for obvious reasons. Yeah, um, coming up pretty sore, but you know I think I think soft tissue injuries is becoming a big thing. So for us, the next few weeks is obviously yeah, lock up that that minor premiership and put in some really good performances where you know we can be proud of and we can we can be we can be building into those finals, looking at a at a home semi against. Uh, Against someone, get a good crowd in and, and give it a good crack because you know you, there's no more easy games and, and it's, it's been proven that anyone can beat anyone. So you know if, if we're not on in the next four weeks, you know we could we could well and truly slip down to third or fourth and be be fighting for our lives. Yeah, it's certainly the case. I think looking, you know, obviously we can, you know, probably, I mean, realistically, you can put a line through the bottom three sides, but anyone else, if they can string either wins together or string losses together, can drastically impact, you know, even someone like Cessnock, they're only six points in front of someone like Wyong. If they fall mm. off the perch in the last few rounds, same for any of the sides, uh, they can quite easily slip down and go from being a pace setter to, to missing the five. So the last few rounds are really crucial for everyone at the moment. Yeah, and I think, like, I'm not too sure on the draw, but I'm pretty sure we all versus each other as well. Like, I know we've got Cessnock and Stouse and, and Macquarie and and I think a few of the other teams are versing each other as well. So, you know, there's there's going to be some high-quality footy over the next four weeks where, you know, it's almost that finals intensity. And if you don't come with it, then you're going to get shown up and you're going to get embarrassed. So, um, yeah, so like obviously can't speak for other teams. But for us, you know, we're treating we're treating the next four weeks as, as finals intensity and, and trying, to, trying to prove a point early. Yeah, certainly. And as you've seen, I mean, you've come up against some of the sides that sit in those bottom three and even Lakes. Um, a week and a bit ago, you can't take any of these sides lightly because they might be out of finals contention, but they're all battling to not finish last, second last as it is, and and they'll love the opportunity to to be able to get there and you know on their Mad Mondays respectively say, well, yeah, look, you know, Cessnock, Maitland, South finished, you know, and went out the back door or missed the finals because of that victory we got over them. So those three sides, Lakes, Curry, and West, you can't underestimate them heading into these final weeks either. No, and and. Like I almost feel bad for sort of the Lakes, Curry, and West. You know, they're not they're not bottom three teams in in probably ninety percent of the other comps in in Australia. You know, they're probably leading most of them. So it's, it's such a high quality competition, and, and you know, Lake Lakes gave us a real run the other day. Obviously, with Dill Pythian coming back, he he was on fire, and even on the even on the weekend against Wild, you know, you throw you throw Mitch Williams back into the mix, it's it's a different game. So you know, I think. Uh, I think with obviously West as well, West could very easily be a top four team. So, you know, I think they've just had a few unlucky results and, and obviously injuries. So, yeah, you, there's going to be a few teams out to spoil parties. And, and I'm, I'm glad we've only got, you know, one of those bottom three teams in, in Curry because they, again, they're, they're a strong side and, and they're super physical. So if we don't show up against them, we'll get embarrassed. Yeah, he certainly will. And I know one of you, you we'll call him a new teammate, he'll get some uh, special attention undoubtedly out against Curry Reid Alch and a former Bulldog himself, mate. Uh, there'll be no love lost for him. <laughs> yeah, he's mate, he's been a star, though, for you. Yeah, he, he, uh, 
he doesn't get any tackles below the eyebrows against Curry, so he'll uh, he'll want to be he'll want us to be, be firing. But yeah, mate, he's been phenomenal for us, and he uh, he's just such a big body and so hard to tackle. And, and I'm glad he's on our team, and I'm not I'm not trying to tackle him. So it's good. Yeah, he um he's number one fan Mick Camp, and they're still getting around him, which I like, mate. Even though he's left Curry, which is uh, taking a lot, I'm sure, for Campo to cheer on a man in the black and white as a, a Curry Curry bloke f- through and through. Mate, his old, his old bloke's still the president now that Curry, so yeah. <laughs> Fam- family he, uh, dinner's a bit awkward, you reckon? Uh, <laughs> he does. I think I think uh, Reed wears his mate on polo to dinner, and, and Nick wears the uh, Curry Bulldogs one. So I don't know what they talk about. And how, how do you reckon that would go? Like you're in, you're in a situation where your old man's as, as heavily involved in a club. Like how would Frank treat it if um, you know you signed and you know you went down to Lakes or Central next year and uh, turning out for dinners? Would you be welcome at dinner? Do you think? Well, I'll put it this way: when I when I first moved to Queensland, I only gave him about about 24 hours notice that I was <laughs> I was packing up and leaving. Now he didn't talk to me for a week. He was that off me that I just left. So I'm not even I'm not even game to, to answer that question. Uh, he bleeds black and white as Frank, which is great. It's you know people like him and um, Reed's old man. You know they're the lifeblood of these clubs, which is you know great to see. And every club needs a good handful of them to keep them floating along with the work that goes on behind the scenes. But let's have a chat about round fifteen, mate. It is on our doorstep, and we will leave uh, the best to last. Your game, which is the Bar TV match, of the round first, first, second. We'll get your thoughts on these other games, and every one of them has a bearing on where things head. Um, a number of them, as we said, featuring sides that. Don't play in the finals, but as you said, sides welcoming players back and different people coming in. And, and before we get into it, I might actually ask you a question on that, mate. Uh, you would have possibly seen during the week, Will Smith cleared. No one no one knows where yet. It hasn't been formally announced, but um, what sort of impact do you think he can have on this competition? Obviously coming straight out of the NRL earlier in the season. Yeah, mate, he'll, he'll change the comp wherever he goes to. You know, if, um, there's a bit of mail He's going to Central, so you know if he's if he's joining the Walsh brothers, uh, so the Wal- uh, Luke Walsh and you know Spider and Joey Morris, you know they're going to be a very hard team to beat. So yeah, wherever he goes, mate, he'll be absolute class, and and he'll be on the he'll be on the top of everyone's tip sheet. So um, hopefully he gets the training and decides he's got some better things to do and doesn't turn up for the rest of the year. But we'll see how we go. Yeah, he certainly adds some punch as you you just. It's almost hard to see where he fits into that side. They are so, so stacked through the spine, but you know, at the end of the day, you don't turn down talent like that. It's just uh, an interesting one if that's where he does land. No confirmation yet, but that's where the um, the two plus two is pointing. Certainly, with his connection to a few of the boys that are there, and I've, I've had some semi warm confirmation that he's not returning to his junior club West. So we'll watch and see this space, mate. But let, let's kick it off with the late Macquarie Derby, mate. This one's always an interesting one as someone who plied their trade for um, a season way back when at Lakes. I know the boys like to get up for this one. They get up for the central game, which they'll be dirty, got washed out last week and has been rescheduled. And Lakes have got an absolute horrific run home. I think it's something like seven games in four weeks to finish off the season to catch everything up. But it's going to kick off this Saturday at Carl Oval against Macquarie and... Uh, Look, um, not only is it an interesting one from the point of view of Macquarie continuing their run and Lakes wanting to get off the bottom, but the two uh, assistant coaches here, mate, uh, Daniel Abraham, a former Scorp at Lakes, and Robbie Payne, a former Seagull at Macquarie. So no love lost between the two across the lake. No, I think that'll be a great game. And and like I said, I'm not sure what um, Dale Pithian's actions will be if he's back in cup, but he he adds a, a, a massive um, spark to that team, and and you know it's it's hard to go past Macquarie because they're just class across the park. But um, you know it'll be a great game to watch, and it's definitely a game I'll be I'll be keeping an eye on. 
Yeah, undoubtedly you'll have a bit of an eye on a few games across the next few weeks, mate, as you start to size up those other six teams that are in the race home. Uh, speaking of teams in the race home, South Newcastle, they uh, came crashing back to earth after some really good form in recent weeks at the hands of a uh, red-hot Cessnock side last week. If that wasn't tough enough, they now head up the valley. They go to the graveyard to take on Curry. And as we talked about before, Curry's lowly position, they will um, not be, uh, they'll be taking no prisoners at the graveyard, mate, and uh, they'll be looking to get a big scalp this weekend. Yeah, mate, and, uh, and as a uh, as a headgear wearer, uh, that that uh, old boys' corner is not a place you want to be, and and they have some they have some all time sprays. So, you know, it's, it's a tough place to go play, and and you know, I think South will be looking to bounce back, and if if they play some play some good footy, you know, you'd imagine they'll they'll be right in it, and you know, Curry is just looking to spoil the party with. Uh, the uh, the great Billy Gilbert, so he'll uh, he'll be having he'll have him rearing ready to go. He certainly will. He'll tackle himself to a standstill. Some of the numbers he's put up during the year have been uh, absolutely phenomenal. He's a defensive workhorse, and just for a bloke that's not not all that big, he throws himself into everything. I've been very impressed with him, especially this year at Curry. But both years he's been in our comp. Yeah, he's he's used to tackling bulls and crocodiles up north, so <laughs> he, he's not worried about tackling a few few country folk down down the Hunter. Yeah, I was going to say even even Brendan Simpson makes a uh, sorry a ball makes even Brendan Simpson look uh, reasonably easy to tackle, right? Exactly right, but I'm not saying that because he's a front rower and I go nowhere near those blokes. Yeah, so just that's uh, no, that's that, that's good. That's what you've got um, James Taylor and Co up front for to look after you for that. Hey, yeah, mate, that that's why I send uh, Butsy, Ando, and uh, yeah, Jimmy. That's that's their problem. I'll I'll worry about other things. Yeah, beautiful, mate. I like it. At least you know everyone knows their roles. That's the main thing in a good footy team. Uh, also on Saturday, mate, this one, another you know key clash. While they need to win, West, well, they've been in really good form and they've got a couple of wins, but they've also been very close to a couple of wins, including against yourselves down at Ahaka a couple of weeks ago where you escaped with the two points. This this one, you know, in any normal season where you know West hadn't got off to a slow start would be you know a real top five defining battle for both sides. Unfortunately for West, that's not going to be the case, but Wyong, Mitch Williams knows he'll have to have his boys up for this one because uh, they need to win to stay in touch. Yeah, exactly, man. I'm, I'm not sure. I did speak to Mitch on the weekend, and he he wasn't sure if he'd be back for this one. But yeah, that that'll be a great game as well. Two two teams desperate, and, and you know Macquarie, Macquarie, uh, not Macquarie, uh, Wyong on the weekend. They just played like their life was dependent on it. So uh, it'll be a great game. Um, yeah, and I like what West are doing. They're just throwing the footy around, having a bit of fun, and you know it's, it's working for them. If it was a game plan, they probably implemented. it. Uh, earlier in the year, you know, they're, they're probably sitting in that top five. So I, I, I can't, I can't even pick that one. That that one's right down the middle for me. Yeah, certainly a really tough one. I just want to give a mention to a guy who, um, mate, he's been around the traps. He was wandering around in the lower grades. He was out at Dora Creek playing uh, in the Newcastle Hunter competition a couple of years ago, and uh, certainly not the average age of a debutant across our competition. But Brendan Quigg, who made his debut for a while on the weekend, and from all reports. Absolutely handled himself supremely for a, what we'll call a mature age debutant coming off the bench in the back row. Um, yeah, so great to see uh, the Newcastle competition still offering up uh, a debut for guys that might have been uh, a few years past the uh, expected age to break through. But, mate, uh, always good to see someone getting a debut, as, as you guys had on the weekend as well. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's massive. And, and it's gotten to a point, I think, in this competition where a debut is something to be to be really proud of. And, um, you know, for, for him to get a debut against, against us obviously it shows a lot of trust in, in him and a lot of trust from the coach and staff so you know good on him and, and you know hopefully he gets a few more games leading into the, the back end of the season 
I don't doubt he will after he handled himself well, mate. The final game before we get back to yours, mate, the one Sunday game, Central Newcastle, they host the entrance. Uh, big wear the Sleeping Tigers, I suggest. Uh, they absolutely showed what they could do last week against Curry. that had a bit of a lull the week before getting 50 put on them without managing to trouble the scorers. Uh, you'd have to think that, again, like Wyong, they know that this one's an absolute must-win, but Central as well, they know that a loss here could be quite costly in terms of a second bite at the cherry and wanting to finish in that top three. Yeah, yeah, you know, I think I think Phil will have them definitely up for this one and, and obviously with the game on the weekend getting called off, it, it's fired as hundredth as well. So um, they'll have no dramas of being up for this one. So, you know, I, I find it very hard to see, see the... Um, the Butcher Boys getting beat, but again, you can't. If, if the entrants come with that same game plan they came against against us, you know they're they're a tough side to handle because they're just so clinical in in what they do. So again, I, I'll probably lean towards Central, especially being Spiders hundred. And obviously, if Will Smith turns up as well, you know it it, it could be a could be a good day for the for the, uh, the Central Boys. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully we've got some clearer skies come the weekend so that the punters can get out of the footy and enjoy it because there's certainly some cracking games there. And uh, as you say, Spider, one of the good guys of Newcastle Rugby League and uh, great to see him racking up his 100th. There's a few boys racking up milestones in recent weeks. We saw the uh, illustrious winger slash centre slash prop that is Josh Charles rack up his 100th on the weekend as well. So it's good to see these guys that are, you know, putting such good service into the Newcastle Rugby League. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I, I did see Charles here. Yeah when we played him the first time round and I did look at him and ask what he was doing in doing in the centres there. That's a that's a bloke felt like me. But yeah, he's a he's a great player and he's he was one guy I really enjoyed watching, especially when he was out at out at Lakes. You know, he's such a, a powerful ball runner. So to see him get a hundred, you know, that's that's huge and, and obviously again for Spider who's who's only I think Spider's my age at twenty five, you know, that's 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 extraordinary and, and he'll go very close to his, his two hundredth in his career. Certainly, well, you expect plenty more years out of him. He's a part of the, part of the uh, fixtures out there at Central, alongside his brother, and uh, obviously his other brother doing good things as well. Who you you would have, uh, I'm guessing, crossed paths with Grant at different points as well. Yeah, I think I did a, a cup preseason with Grant, so it just goes to show you how far he's gone. And and you know, it, it, those Anderson boys wouldn't be wouldn't be out of uh, out of sorts if they got put into an NRL system as well. I think I think Kane's a, a great player, and, and he's got a a good, a, a big future ahead for him. So if a, if a club snaps him up, don't be surprised. Kane's an interesting one, mate. He's going to have to make a choice because he's a bloody handy f- cricketer as well, having played first grade in Sydney. And they're the sorts of blokes that really annoy me. It's one thing to be good at one sport, but when you're so good at uh, multiple sports, it's just not right. Yeah, it's just unfair, isn't it? Like, yeah, just pick one, mate. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, mate, but before, we, before we let you get back to the family, mate, uh, we'll wrap it up. The Bar TV match of the round, which I'm looking forward to up at Baddeley Park. I'm fortunate enough to be on the mic up there on uh, Saturday afternoon. Cessnock versus Maitland. Thanks for the win last week. It is two versus one with Cessnock being the home side. Plenty on the line, mate. Um, a win here will go a long way to you guys getting one hand on that minor premiership. A loss, though, and it's uh, you know open season almost for um, the, the race home. Yeah, and and I think like I'd, I'd go outside and say it's not for the informed team in the competition. You know they've they've had some big wins and obviously with Harry back at back in seven and um, like Harry O'Brien's in massive in phenomenal form as well. So um, you know it's it's going to be a really tough clash for us and it's going to be a game that by the sounds of it could be quite wet and muddy. So if we're not willing to roll our sleeves up, you know they'll they'll do a number on us. So. You know, we'll, we'll be ready for it and uh, it, it should be a great game. So hopefully we get a good crowd and 
you know, it's a it's an entertaining game for the fans. Yeah, certainly, mate. Um, wet track, big bodies, both sides, very big packs, and. Uh, Mate, I'd suggest um, you, you need to have uh, your head on a swivel with uh, Sam Mateora floating around if you're running any sort of you know drift lines or outlines uh, on the weekend because that's where he likes to light up as uh, people get caught in the mud a little. Yeah, and um, and it, and there's a, it's quite a target on the top of my head, so <laughs> I'll be uh, doing my best to be on the other side of the field and not not be another statistic for Big Sam. Give Sammy a wide berth, mate, and uh, great to hear as well, mate, that you've obviously uh, spent plenty of time with Matt Lantry and uh, found a way to turn yourselves, even though you're leading the comp by a couple of games, into underdogs in this one. So I like that, mate. That's Matt Lantry uh, 101. Yeah, mate. You, you learn some tricks <laughs> off the master when you've been around him long enough. So, um, so yeah, no, we're, we're definitely the underdogs, and I think we'd be paying 450 on sports bet. So. Well, great value, mate. Uh, if, if only it wasn't against the commentator's code to bet on the games that we're calling, I'd be all over it. But, mate, good luck for the weekend. <laughs> Hopefully catch up there and uh, after a win, maybe have a chat with yourself and a couple of the boys. But appreciate you giving plenty of time today on the pod to have a look at Maitland and the run home and, and how things are sitting. Nah, thank you very much for having me, mate. It's great what you guys are doing and, and to get this local footy out and out and about. You know, that, that's what it's all about. So, nah, thank you again and it'll be good to see you on Sunday. All right, time to dig into the Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League and it is the week in our loop through the grades that we get to the C-grade competition brought to us uh, by the Lake Macquarie Forklift Services and the C-grade competition well and truly hotting up at the moment. Uh, plenty on the line. You can throw a blanket over the field and um, the minor premiership well and truly alive as well. So we thought we'd uh, have a chat to one of the sides that uh, probably... Uh, Got a bit of work to do in terms of where they sit, and we'll dig into that in a moment. But we're joined by Blake Huddleston, the captain of the West Walls End Magpies. Blake, uh, welcome back to League Castle, mate. Mate, Chris, cheers. Thanks for having me, mate. Happy to be here. No worries at all, mate. Um, we, we've had numerous requests for um, Jamie Watts, but we wanted a conversation that was uh, deep, intellectual, and went for more than about 90 seconds. So we thought we'd go with you. Yeah, something respectable. You'd only get dribble out of him. Yeah, that seems, seems to be a common theme out of some of the forwards that have uh, come out of your club. One of them that's departed and has been on the show before, Daniel Melmoth, isn't much better, I hear. Uh, well, you know the answer to that, mate. That's why we, uh, that's why you curry. All right, he's, done, he's done quite well for himself, I will say, uh, to make his way into first grade. And when he's not suspended, he's uh, owning that first grade jersey. But we'll probably leave that at that before he gets too angry. We don't want to fire the big fella up. <laughs> no, he'll be right, mate. No, he's doing well. He um, came out of two, mate. He's trained hard for it and... Yeah, he's earned the right, so good on him. Uh, good to see boys going on to the next level from the Newcastle Hunter Comp and especially from Westie. But, mate, let's have a chat about Westie. Um, we were talking about off-air. The club's been quite successful in recent years in terms of performances on the field, depending on which grade you've been at any given time. Only a couple of years back where you took out the B-grade competition uh, before that wonderful thing of COVID and everything that's come since, mate. Uh, it's... Um, been a bit of a, a turnover in some of the numbers. There's a few of the old faithfuls like the, the Jamie Watts and the Kai Yonke still there, but a um, bit of a turnover in numbers and some players have departed since those times. Yeah, it's, I think everyone goes through it eventually, mate. Like you, like you touched on, we had a, quite a few good years, you know, won a comp and done really well in A grade and um, even last year we are doing quite well as well in C grade, but, you know, people like you just said about Daniel, you know, people go into bigger and better things and, you know, you always uh, want people to do that, but we've also been lucky enough to get um, get some more people in. I think we've had, uh, we've got a soccer convert, um, old Clarkie. We've got 
I think it's about four blokes that have come over from Union as well. Um, and I think we've got two or three blokes that um, either haven't played before or haven't played in a long time. So, um, you know, we're, we're doing okay. We've been in a lot of games this year, um, but obviously fallen short on, on a few occasions. But we're getting there. We're starting to, to click it aside. And they will, uh, I think you'll, you'll see uh, hopefully Wednesday night and hopefully Saturday that we'll uh, turn the corner and keep winning and hopefully give it a bit of a, bit of a shake going in uh, to the end of the year. Yeah, certainly looking at results, if we scratch out the season opener and, you know, with everything that happened with rain and lack of trials and everything, it was hard to really take too much form from uh, those. Barring that one first game, you've sort of been in the contest with a lot of the games and last week's game is, is probably a, a good representation. The first time you came up against Morris at 24-10, to 10, you went down. This time around 22-10 to 10 and, mate, I saw some of the picks and, and things from the, on the Westie page. Certainly would have been nice to not only reverse that result as you sort of turn the corner of the season, but to do so on Old Boys Day. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Um, you know, went down there to, to Morissette, obviously, early on in the year, and, mate, it was just rough. It was wet. Um, it was boggy, and we just played terrible. And, you know, we had the chance to win it. I think it ended up coming back to 16-10, and we just couldn't couldn't get over the line and ended up scoring one or two more and just shut the gate. But, yeah, no, it was, was good to get a win on Old Boys Day. Um, it was a good turnout, and we actually blew them off the park in the first, you know, 20 minutes. I think we scored you know, three or four tries early on in the piece and um, credit to them, they didn't go away. Um, they kept coming and I think, yeah, ended up going in at halftime 22-4 and they ended up winning the second half. Um, we just obviously, you know, died in the backside and they just kept kicking on and just wouldn't go away and make credit to them, they, they stuck it to us. But no, it was good to get the win and, yeah, hopefully kick on. Yeah, certainly a key point for you in your season and we'll get to the fixtures coming up in a moment, mate. But I guess... It's, it's a club out there, Westie, you know, you, you'll be the first to admit you don't have the, the flashest of facilities, the flashest venue, but your crowd makes it a unique venue and, and the culture of the club also makes it a great one for anyone who's on the uh, the right side of the home and away ledger out there at uh, Les Wakeman Oval. No, you're right, mate. Um, You know, we're still, well, we've always been just that smaller sort of club, you know, and we're out skirts and you're there, mate, and, you know, we... Back in the old days, we used to have two sides and obviously the last however many years we've only had one side and you know, we've always had the aspiration to hopefully get back to two men's sides and, you know, who knows, could have, you know, two girls' sides, but it, it's just a club just built on people that want to be there. You know, like, it's all local, local run, it's all local sponsors, it's all local people that, you know, some people have been born and raised in Westie and other people have come from outside and just love the place and never left, but, you know, the facilities aren't, you know, aren't the, the, the greatest, but... Um, credit to the club, they're actually starting to spend spend money on the on the facilities. We've had a fresh coat of paint and and those sorts of things, and new pads and you know everything like that. So credit to the club, they're they're doing as much as they can to to try and make the club more appealing, and you know try and get people involved and try and make it more attractive for sponsors and people alike to come and get involved and be a part of it, mate. So you know we're always looking for like minded people, and you know anyone that you know, potentially does want to sponsor down the track, you know, we're happy to accommodate wherever we can, I guess, yeah. Yeah, certainly something. And, mate, I think, you know, the welcoming nature of the club is uh, no more evident than, you know, the bloke who's somewhat at the helm of the club to an extent now uh, turned up trying to pretend he was a footballer, didn't didn't quite cut it doing that, Scotty McKinnon, and now he's uh, uh, on the board doing lots of bits and pieces, mate. He's, he's filled a few different roles over the last few years, but he's been a, a good pick-up and, um, yeah, I think he's got a, a bit of a vision alongside the rest of the committee on, on continuing to grow Westwall's end. As you talked about, you've got the men's and the women's side at the moment. 
but also the fact that the the population base around your area is growing and you know if um, rugby league isn't capitalized in in that space then um, other sports will quickly cannibalize you know all those juniors as well as the seniors no you're absolutely right you know mate Scotty McKinnon you know I hope he doesn't hear it but if he does <laughs> it is what it is but mate he's, he's honestly he's the sort of bloke that turned up 2018 2019 he turned up to play football um, credit to him he come from soccer and you know didn't he just wasn't a footballer but credit to him it wasn't about that for him he just loved the place and just wanted to be involved and you know obviously found his calling off the field um, I'd still love to see him in a jersey from time to time but He's calling, he's off the field, and, mate, he, behind the scenes, he doesn't want any recognition, um, but he definitely deserves deserves a lot more than than what he gets. But uh, he's, he's doing everything he can, mate, and he, and he does have a vision for the club and does want to see it prosper, not just, you know, the seniors, but juniors as well. Um, so I know he, he works tirelessly with the juniors, you know, with the council, with everyone, mate. He's sponsors, he's just, he's a top bloke, but... You know, it's those sorts of people that we want, um, that the club needs, that, you know, just want to be there and want to see the club, you know, prosper. And, yeah, right, we are in probably one of the biggest, biggest growing um, areas in all of Newcastle. So, yeah, right, if we don't take it, I'm sure, you know, Westy Soccer will take them and, and Edgy Soccer and or potentially Glendale. And we don't want that. We want them staying on our side of the hills. So, yeah. Yeah, certainly plenty going in there, mate. And um, without going into too much detail, he's not a bad bush lawyer either. Uh, when uh, when called upon, Scotty. No, he, do, he does give it a rip, mate. Yeah, he um, he's not backwards and going forwards. Put it that way. Certainly isn't, mate. But uh, let's talk on the field, mate. Um, obviously, Westy previously had a girls' team. There was a period there in recent years where it went just to being the men's team. How's it been having the girls back on the paddock out there in twenty twenty two? No, mate, the, the girls are great. You know, they they get in around the club and they help out, and you know. They're always there, turning up, you know, training in the rain, in the mud. You know, they, they've notched up a few wins this year, which is, you know, great for them. You know, they've definitely earned it. Um, I know Jace works tirelessly and does a lot of work with them off the field as well. Um, they're always doing boot camps and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So, mate, it's, it's awesome. You know, just just having the girls there to play before us and, you know, vice versa from time to time. And It's just good for the, good for the community, mate, good for the club. Certainly is, mate. Great, great opportunity. And the, and the growth of the women's game, both league tag and tackle in the Newcastle Hunter community has been absolutely phenomenal. I think it's added a real element to all those clubs that have embraced it and any clubs that haven't already, I'd encourage you to because, you know, and the terrace who are in both your men's and women's comps have shown that this year in the fact that they're now at four teams and, you know, it's a great opportunity for some of the partners to get involved. Obviously, tackle's not necessarily for all the girls and uh, that said, you know, blokes like myself that are very brittle might need some uh, men's league tag coming around, and who knows, that could be... I know there was talk of an over-35s men's tag competition at one point, but always open to, to looking at new things. But it's great to see another opportunity for more, you know, or another element of the community to get involved in, in the club and rugby league more specifically. No, you're absolutely right, mate. Even a veteran's tag, few of the older blokes, mate, it'd be something potentially down the track that, that I'd spitball, but, you know... <sighs> It's not just a male-dominated sport anymore, and it's great, you know. Like, you, there's a lot more women getting out there and getting involved, and it's just great to see, mate. It's great for the game. Certainly is, mate, and that's probably a perfect segue into the fact that Wednesday night, touch wood, weather weather dependent, that you guys are scheduled for a double header at home. So, first of all, this this show will come out on Wednesday morning. So, anyone that's looking for something to do tonight, head on down to Les Waitman. I can personally vouch for the quality of the uh, steak sangers and the blue cans down there. They are they are uh, up there in the top echelon, and uh, couple of good games on a hand on Wednesday night. 
But uh, in terms of that, mate, first of all, the girls come up against in the Battle of the Magpies. They'll come up against uh, Dudley in a, in a crucial game. Um, fourth plays sixth, mate. So a win for your girls will, will certainly go a long way to pushing them towards a finals berth, which would be great to see in their return to uh, the competition. Well, I know the girls can just come off a good win on the weekend, mate. So I know they'll definitely be flying high, but obviously it's one of those games, you know, everyone just got to turn up and do what they can. And I dare say she's going to be a wet one. So, mate, I'm backing our girls to get a win. Lovely, mate. It'll be a great start to the night because that heads then into the 7.30 game. It'll be uh, fresh out there at Les Wakeman, undoubtedly, on Wednesday night. But it is the 7th place Fingal Bay versus your 8th place Magpies, mate. Uh, a fairly crucial game again. Um, only one point behind Morissette and Walls End, who sit in 4th and 5th, respectively. And you've got games in hand on those sides, as well as Dora Creek, who are just in front of you. So uh, competition and destiny still well within your hands, mate. Uh, but knowing what the draw looks like towards the back end of the season... Uh, undoubtedly your side will be well aware that winning needs to, to continue on at the moment. Yeah, you're right. It will be cold and it's probably going to be wet. So I'd recommend anyone playing bring their flippers. But no, nah, look, it's the boys went up the other week, mate, and it was a good game from, from all reports. I didn't play, neither did Kai. Um, so, mate, I can't wait for him to come down to, to Westie on Wednesday night and you know, hopefully we can give it to him, to be honest with you. So I'm, I'm backing my boys, mate, all the way. Yeah, I look forward to um, hear, hearing how Bo Earl shapes up on a Wednesday night after uh, he, he's a, he loves a good Macca's feed, so he'll be um, needing to bulk up to challenge Kai, I reckon, because, mate, uh, I remember a few years ago we did profiles and uh, we're getting them going again, and, and the most named man in the terms of the player that people didn't want to take on, uh, not because of personality or anything else, was, was Kai Yonke. Just uh, He's an absolute handful and he's uh, been a stalwart and, and a fixture in that team for so long. Mate, he's, he's Westy through and through. You know, that his last name, everyone knows the last name, everyone knows Plonk. Um, and credit to him, he got off a nudie run on the weekend too, mate. He scored a bit of meat, so um, he'll get to keep his peace and his stance on Mad Monday, which is a positive. That's a, that's a win for all of the community. Absolutely. Right, um, I, I do need to clarify, though, um, there's still a Yunkie on the nudie run because Khan's registered but hasn't played yet, so that means he's still got to go on the nudie run if he doesn't get out there and get across the stripe, right? Absolutely. If you register, you know, you know how it works. He knows how it works. So, yeah, it's it's pain in the backside. I'd love to have him out there, but he's um he's got a lot going on off the field as well. But you know, he's I reckon we can get him. I reckon he'll play at least one or two coming towards the back end of the year. I reckon we'll get him. Yeah, mate. Uh, certainly looking forward to that. He's a, they're a good family for you guys to have around the club, and as you say, they are you know part of the furniture, and I mean that as the uh, greatest compliment. Um, in terms of that family and what they do for your club out there at uh, Westie and, and a bu- good bunch of people as well. Mate, let's have a look. Obviously, we've talked about Wednesday. Let's have a look at the round ahead, get your tips for it. Um, it is a, another bumper clash coming up, um, or a bumper round, I should say, as we head to uh, round 12, as my draw just has a little meltdown. Uh, round 12 of the competition. It starts on Friday night, uh, a Wobbacle. They're a team that's been a little bit up and down, and they take on Walls and Maryland in a, in a key game for both sides. Wobbacle currently have snuck up to the top of the ladder with a few results, and they're a fairly stacked side when they get everyone on the park, mate, with, especially with the Simon brothers in tow. Mate, that'll be a, that'll be a good game to watch. I think that'll be a very tough one. It'll be a very physical one. Um, I think Wobbacle will get the chocolates there, mate. I, you know, we played against them the other week there, and, you know, Darren Pearson and, and the Simon boys, mate, and they were... So a pretty handy football side, but everyone knows how walls end goes, mate. They don't go away. And, you know, Lowy in the middle there, staring them about. 
and it'll be a good game of footy, but I just think of what we could love too much on the night and what we are talking about also Maryland. I know Lowy's three on its games coming up, mate, so he's another bloke bit like Kai that, you know, obviously doesn't do it for the recognition, but he's a top fella and, you know, credit to him and hats off for getting to his three under it as well. Certainly is, mate. We've talked about a few of those guys in recent weeks. There's a few of them that are still wandering around at ages that are well advanced of you and I and mate, uh, the respect I have for them for you know, especially guys like Lowy and Watsy's another one that just throw themselves through in the middle. Um, both of them, um, yeah, it's certainly been around for quite a while. And, you know, th- neither of them, Watsy was at one point, but neither of them are the biggest bodies now. Um, but, mate, they, they get through plenty of work and they never let their sides down. And, you know, there's plenty of these guys. There's uh, Troy Forbes out at, um, out at Glendale as well. Matt Garrick we had on the show last week. Some of these guys that are, you know, racking up these milestones of 200 to 300 games. It's just absolutely phenomenal to think. Um, when, you know, on average it's a sort of 16-game season, 20 if you play finals, that we're talking about guys that have, you know, tallied up, you know, with a few injuries taken in somewhere between sort of 10 to 17, 18 years of, of playing or plying their trade for their local club, mate. It is good to see, mate, you know, and without them, you know, who knows what the club would be like. They're, you know, blokes that just everyone loves seeing on the park every week and, mate, they're, they're just too well known that, if they weren't there, who knows what it'd be like? Yeah, agreed, mate. And it'll be a weird time when some of these guys do eventually decide to retire. And probably knowing most of them in probably another ten or fifteen years, well after you know the likes of yourself have decided you've had enough, mate. They'll still be going around playing with their kids and different things coming through. So um, yeah, it'll be great to watch these guys as they continue on for for years to come, hopefully. But let's move on, mate. We'll head to Saturday and and the the dreaded time slot in C grade. I know I know you guys probably wouldn't be a big fan of this either. Ten thirty a.m. on a Saturday. What are your thoughts on a ten thirty kickoff, mate? Mate, you know I was lucky. I was at work, so I didn't have to do it. But some people love it, some people hate it. But I don't think I'd enjoy it personally. A bit of a double-edged sword. We've talked to a few of the boys on here and, you know, some of them said you just got to make the most of it and, you know, the good thing is at least there's a few games of footy afterwards. You can get on, have a couple of cans and a bit of bonding if you get the opportunity so long as people don't have to sk- skate off and do family and work and other things. But, you know, it's a good opportunity. You finish just on midday and go from there. But this one will be an interesting one, mate. You saw Morissette last week. Lakes, they've been right up there in terms of the competition so far. They sit third just behind Awabakal and Raymond Terrace. Um, they've come back to earth in recent weeks including a loss last week to Raymond Terrace so both these sides will be keen to get another win back and uh, get themselves heading the right way in the last few rounds of the season Yeah I, I think I think Lakes will probably will probably get the W there mate for more reports young you know young footy side and just a bunch of young blokes that are there for the love of the game and mate Morrison are tough they don't go away but I just think you know from what I've heard Lakes probably just have bit too much use and a bit too much ball movement and everything like that so but I'm sure it'll be a good game to watch as well yeah mate Lakes are best described as you said as a young bunch um, plus Jimmy Newburn who's um, in that bracket of elder elder statesman of the game so he's just hanging around with the kids he's still king of the kids Jimmy he's a he's good value out there but uh, I won't let him get away with being described as young mate sorry <laughs> Uh, but, yeah, as you say, it'll be interesting contrast of styles. Lakes are certainly head in favourites. That uh, Morissette pack with um, Matt O'Brien and Reese Ryan leading the way. Certainly will let, let the uh, young Lakes pups know that they've been in a physical contest. So it'll be a good one to get out and watch for those that can. 
But let's head to Saturday afternoon, mate, and we'll leave your game to last. But this one's an interesting one. Dora Creek, just depending on who they've got on the paddock on any given week, and then Raymond Terrace as well. And Raymond Terrace, a fairly fairly stacked side at the moment now that they're getting everyone back, and they're starting to make light work of a number of teams. You'd have to think up at Lakeside, Raymond Terrace will head into this one as warm favourites. But Dora Creek, if they get a couple feeding back from the A grade, could be dangerous as well. Yeah, I think I think the Terrace being the team to beat, mate. I think they'll probably get probably get the win there. You know, Simo and um, Kurt Langdon and um, the Chaffee brothers and that they they got a good side on paper, and obviously they're they're putting um, you know putting good work in on the field as well. But Dora are pretty handy when we played them, so I reckon it'll be I reckon it'll be a good game. Yeah, it certainly will be. Dora is an interesting one. They've they've really put on some shows against some sides, but then just don't quite click at other times. But if you have a look at recent weeks, um, you go back two weeks and they got the job done against Lakes, uh, then got pipped by Wobbacool, uh last week. So certainly right there and starting to find form at the right time of year. So this one will be um, probably a bit of a, a pre-taste of semi-final football. Uh, mate, your game though, it's the uh, final match around 3 o'clock. Uh, on Saturday up at Howe Park at Abermain. Again, we talked about your ground being a tough one to visit this one. The uh, locals are welcoming might be a generous way of putting it, mate, but uh, they certainly know you're um, you're not from there when you when you turn up and when you're out there playing. But it is 8th versus 9th, mate. It's must win for both sides if they want to sort of keep their finals hopes alive. What's going to be the key to knocking off the Hawks? Holding the ball. Holding the ball. Playing our game, you know, and just doing what we've been what we've been working on. They were um they were pretty handy when we played them down there at Westie. It was a bit of a bit of a um a wetter sort of game, but no, they were pretty handy. But mate, I just think if we do our job and and um do what we we've been working on, mate, I think I think we'll um I think we'll we'll get the win and I think we'll um put a few teams on notice hopefully by doing it too. Yeah, certainly put you in a good spot, mate, for that run home if you can chalk wins the next two games, Wednesday and Saturday, short turnaround before uh a bit of a challenging run home, mate. You've got the top three sides, um, four games, including two against the Terrace. So um, if you can get the wins and make your way into the finals, you'll certainly know um, where you measure up by the time the finals come. It's not always a bad thing. It's one of those things that depends how you look at it. I don't mind playing the tougher sides going into the semis if you can, you know, rail a few cages and hopefully take a few of them deep and prove to them that, you know, you are a bit of a dark horse. And when you come up against them in semis, they'll always have that doubt. So... Mate, I'm just hoping my boys turn up, do their job and do what we've been working on and let our footy do the talking. I love it, mate. Well, all the best of luck for both Wednesday and Saturday. On One, on account of getting on with the weather. Two, uh, with chalking two points in each because we love to see Westie going deep. Uh, a good bunch of people around out there and uh, we wish you all the best for the rest of the season, mate. And hopefully we can catch up with you boys uh, heading into August and September as uh, things start to heat up. No, absolutely, mate. I do appreciate it. And I appreciate what you're doing. Like I said last time, mate, it's, it's a good thing that you're doing here and I'm glad that everyone's getting involved with it. And, you know, if you don't do it, mate, then who knows if anyone would. So I thank you for it and I'll take my hat off to you and well done and keep it up. That closes out episode 15 for season four of League Castle. Another one that's probably a little longer in the tooth than we anticipated, but some really great chats with some excellent guests. And, of course, my regular co-host, Josh Spiegelman, bringing us the Junkyard Skips Statsman Performers of the Week, as well as our last glimpse at the leaderboard before we go behind closed doors. So if you haven't caught it already, go back, have a listen. Have a look at who 
from your favourite club is sitting high atop and can make a run. As we said, a number of clubs with games in hand, so it is anyone's to take out. We do have a clubhouse leader with a few rounds remaining, but he has no spare catch-up games to accrue points in just the four regular season matches remaining. So plenty to see, plenty to uh, work out from here. A big thanks to our guests, Matt Soper-Lawler and Blake Huddleston from West Wall's End. Uh, Matt, of course, from Maitland Pickers. We wish everyone all the best this weekend. Fingers crossed we can get plenty of footy action on despite the weather. Get down if you get the opportunity and support your local footy club. Buy a blue can, buy a steak sandwich and just go and cheer on uh, either your local side, your favourite side or just anyone that you get the chance to go and watch. Uh, Plenty of good footy action on the cards this weekend. Enjoy it. Make sure to follow our social media channels. Get on there. Pop in your tips for the Denton Engineering Cup on Leadcastle AU on Instagram. Leadcastle AUS on Facebook is where we have all of our scoreboards and updates thanks to our partner businesses. Shipley Meets at Rutherford Sharp DS, Central Coast, Junkyard Skips and Beaver Brewery. That'll about wrap us up. Enjoy your footy this weekend and we'll catch you for all of your footy updates next week. We go to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the Premiership. Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be a try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window will get their second. You're listening to Lee Newcastle. Newcastle, Hunters, Hunters, Rugby League.